0: This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings engaging video and audio lectures presented by top professors and professionals on a wide variety of subjects to your fingertips. The Great Courses has a collection of lecture series geared towards professionals, including Scientific Secrets for a Powerful Memory, How Conversation Works, Art of Public Speaking, and Influence, Mastering Life's Most Powerful Skill. These series offer great tools and insights for anyone looking to improve their recall at work, hone their presentation skills, or become a better negotiator. And now, for a limited time, The Great Courses has a special offer for weekly standard listeners. Order any of these four business and presentation courses for just $9.95. This special price of $9.95 is only available for a limited time. Order today. Go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us just back from the Big Alaska Cruise is Steve Hayes. And Steve, I want to ask first things first, what was the mood of the two hundred and fifty or so Weekly Standard folks you had on the ship about the possibility of the Republicans winning in November 2016? How do they feel about the field and how do they feel about Mr. Trump?
1: Well, it was an interesting, it was an interesting group. Um, obviously, these are, you know, self-selecting uh, people who are able to, you know, self-identified conservatives who are able to afford uh, taking a cruise to Alaska. Um, so, you know, given that, given that caveat, uh, I think they were some combination of, of anxious and optimistic. Uh, they're certainly optimistic about the many problems with Hillary Clinton, Clinton's candidacy and her flaws as a candidate. And I think You know, if you ask people uh, over the course of the cruise how they felt about a Republican taking on Hillary Clinton, they were certainly optimistic. They were, I think, less optimistic and a bit more anxious about the state of the Republican field, largely because Donald Trump is leading that field. Um, In the the survey that we did there, Trump was the first choice of, I think, 8% of those on the cruise with us. Rubio won um I think it was like fifty one percent uh of the, was the first choice of fifty one percent of the cruisers. Um so I think it, you know, if you think that Donald Trump is going to crumble, and and many of them did you're still pretty optimistic as a general uh, as a general sense.
0: Now see, I thought that by sending you up to that clean, brisk, unpolluted Alaska air, I thought by being in Sarah Palin country, the shackles would fall from your eyes, Steve, and you would see that Trump is the man. I mean, look at the guy, 30,000 people on a sweaty Friday night in Mobile, Alabama. There is no activity that does not involve tackling people that can get 30,000 people together
1: in Mobile, Alabama. Did it end up being thirty thousand? I mean, there's, yes. there's the stadium. Look, it was a big. It was a big number. It was a big event. Certainly bigger than other Republicans are getting. Although the, the optics for the stadium seemed to be a bit of a uh, of a mistake on the part of his advanced people, uh, you know, having people take pictures of a half-empty stadium. But still, mm-hmm. if getting thirty thousand people or whatever the number was, that's mm-hmm. that's a good event for Trump. And uh, the the question is, and I think has been and, and remains, uh, is that all fervent supporters of Donald Trump who want to see him as president of the United States, or is it some combination of supporters, um, political curiosity seekers, and, you know, entertainment types who just want to see Donald Trump in person? Um, You know, I think he certainly has defied expectations about how quickly he would collapse. There's no question about that. I underestimated uh, his staying power, his durability. There's no question about that. I still don't think he's likely to be the Republican nominee. I still think that that his many, 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 many flaws uh, will surface and eventually will will matter to people. Uh, But they sure don't seem to be mattering right now in a way that's diminishing his support.
0: Uh, I'm interested in the idea that he's the one guy who's tapping into the sense that things really are off the rails it's not you know, are you angry enough in the sense of i'm mad as hell and i just won't want to take him but rather you've got candidates who are selling optimism who've been told this is what we need is optimistic conservatism and donald trump is essentially forget all that things are going to hell in a handbasket look at this mess around the world look at this mess at home and i gotta tell you when you look at any, everything from ISIS to the Iran deal to average household incomes, which I did some checking today, Steve, are still down 3 to 4% from where they were when the Great Recession started. Uh, you know, Trump makes a good case that things really stink. Maybe, maybe that's the uh, corner of the field that he owns that the other candidates should be taking
1: a look at. I, I think that's exactly right. And, and I think that probably more than just about anything else. Speaks to his success, and and it comes because people do think that he's being honest about the current state of the United States. Um, You know, he's not being honest about his his past, about his policy positions, about all of these other things. In, In that way, I think in many cases he's just been flat out dishonest. But the way that he's describing the scope and the depth of our problems resonates with conservatives there's no question about that i'll give you a, a short personal anecdote that i think backs it up for the past couple of years uh, you know as i've gone around and spoken to conservative groups one of the speeches i've given with some regularity is we titled it the case for conservative optimism and it was much more about the electoral prospects of conservatives and and you know right leaning candidates than it was about an assessment uh, of the, the, s- the state of the united states but it was met with deep skepticism. You know, people would, would say in the question and answer sessions and then talking to me afterwards would say, how can you possibly be optimistic? Aren't you paying attention? And I think that's a little bit of what Donald Trump is tapping into. He's saying, look, we're, we are in dire straits here. This is a, we are in serious problems um, that threaten the future of the country. And you have other candidates saying that, but I think they, they wrap their assessment of the country's current status with uh, optimism about its future that some voters and, and maybe many voters feel is unfounded. And I think Trump is speaking to them.
0: There seem to be a certain subset in the conservative movement, Steve, that this message of we're doomed no matter what, forget talking about solutions, there are no solutions, just how are you going to you know, slice our piece of the pie as big as possible, as long as possible. And I think that their worldview is fundamentally identity politics conservatives they see uh, conservatism as not an ideology but rather an interest group that's demographically racially culturally based and they see their slice of the america of you know, uh, their their numbers in america shrinking and so all they want hope to do is to fight you know kind of a, uh, a retreat and I, I i keep asking the people who share this view with me well, then, how do you plan on winning an election? And the answer seems to be that they don't. That they really just plan on just holding on to what they can as America drops straight to hell via the handbasket. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars.
1: Wow, Michael, you sound a lot like Barack Obama. I mean, clinging, <laughs> clinging to their guns and their religion and and angry. No, look, I, I mean, I, I think there's there's some truth to what you're saying. Uh, I, there's no doubt about it. I mean, certainly, if you look at the reception to Donald Trump uh, and you look at who constitutes his supporters. Uh, There was an interesting article in the New York Times about that uh, over the weekend. There's a longer article uh, by Henry Olson from Ethics and Public Policy Center looking at that last week. Um, You know, there's certainly, he's certainly speaking for that group. Henry Olson suggests he's speaking for for a broader constituency of Republicans, but he's definitely speaking for that group. Um, Yeah, I think that partially explains why many of Trump's supporters seem to be, willing to shrug off his lack of policy specifics and, and the fact that when he does try to offer policy specifics, he often contradicts himself and seems not to have any idea what he's talking about. Okay. Um, it, this isn't a policy campaign for Trump. And, you know, you hear him saying and you hear his supporters saying, well, he's getting specific. He really isn't getting specific. Mm -hmm. What he's doing is assessing the problem, then repeating himself and assessing the problem again, then repeating himself and assessing the problem a third time and not really offering much, uh, with the exception of of immigration, not really offering much in the way of solutions. In an interview uh, just today, he said he supports the flat tax, and then moments later said he wants wealthy people to pay considerably more than poor people do. Well, that's not the flat tax. Hey, some taxes uh, he are flatter. doesn't seem to know what he's talking about.
0: Some taxes are flatter than others, Steve. Okay, so keep that in mind.
1: <laughs> Fair. But, uh, but let, let me
0: wrap up with this. Is there a Republican— Based on the reception that they got from the Weekly Standard folks on the cruise and based on what you've seen and read and uh, out campaigning and watching them campaign in Iowa, who you think can both energize the people who still believe that these kind of conservative ideas about liberty and small government and free markets can make America better, can really, you know, fix stuff and still reach out to the people who've the Jeremiah voter, if you will, the people who've kind of given up and just said, what's the point of even trying, you know, we're just doomed anyway. Can, can, can one of these guys, Rubio or Walker or even jab or Kasich re-inspire them or is the Republican party going to have to find a coalition that maybe doesn't include those doom and gloom conservatives as they describe themselves?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if the Republican Party doesn't include them, then there will be reasons for doom and gloom among the broader republican party <laughs> i mean it's hard to imagine any Republican getting elected without at least some of those trump voters i mean that 's just the cold reality of it and so in that sense as as you know as frustrating as it is for I think many movement conservatives to see Trump dominating the way that he 's dominated, you can't ignore. The kinds of things that his supporters are saying, uh, both when they're giving interviews and just by their continued support of Donald Trump, um, which is different than saying you have to, to pander to those voters. I think You have to take into account the fact that they're angry, the fact that they're frustrated and, and speak to those concerns without becoming Donald Trump, in effect. Um, Yeah, I I think there are several other Republican candidates who can who can do that, who can fill that role. I mean, the real question for me is whether we get to a point where Trump's continued mistakes, the fact that he, you know, he he doesn't seem to understand certain policies uh, that he can't get specific, that he continues to hurl insults, um, that he spends so much time talking about himself do we get to the point where the people who constitute his core supporters or even those on the fringes of his support that bothers them enough to go and support someone else? Um, Yeah, I I think we get to that point. I don't think it happens anytime soon. And then the real question is if we do get to that point, does Trump then take his, his ball and and go run third party having sort of been energized and have his ego stroked so long this way uh, that seems to me that, a more likely outcome than any other and that also should worry republicans so there is a lot of doom and gloom
0: (laughs) oh and thanks so we send you off to enjoy the cruise and you come back with doom and gloom here's the problem is the worst possible outcome for donald trump is that he actually is elected president And so I guarantee that he's not going to let that happen. And what better way to not be elected president, but to get that adulation than to run on a third party. It's the perfect. He takes his 9%. He helps elect Hillary. She's a friend for life and he's Donald Trump again. So that's, that's definitely a challenge for the GOP. Yeah.
1: Or or he's treasury secretary.
0: Oh, 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 okay. Now you're scaring me. (laughs) Now you really have scared me truly. Steve Hayes. Thanks much for joining us. Great to have you back.
1: You and Michael, thank you.
0: You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.